Welcome to another In Wheel Time podcast, a 30-minute mini version of the In Wheel Time car show that airs live every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central. Welcome to the In Wheel Time car show. On today's three-hour program from Studio A in Texas, USA, Buzz Smith, the evangelist, the EV evangelist, joins us, and so does Rochelle Salinas, on the Houston Auto Show. We'll review our new car of the week, the 2021 Ford F-150 Hybrid. We'll have the stories making auto news headlines this week, and we'll have much more as well. Just ahead on today's live in-wheel time car show for Saturday, May 8th, 2021. Howdy, along with Mike out of this world, Mars, King Conrad DeLong, Jeffrey Zekin in the corner where he should be, but we need more Jeff. Mm -hmm. I'm Don Armstrong, glad you could join us on this Saturday. It's going to be a great three hours, and uh, we hope that you can join us for at least a portion of that. It's a beautiful day here in the Houston, Texas area. It's gorgeous. It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Uh, no clouds in the sky. Uh, high temperature today, close to 90 degrees. Could be a little sticky. In 90, I thought it was like the 80s. It's going up that high, yeah, really? It's supposed to be oh, wow. high 80s. Yeah, summertime is here. Uh, just about. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we had our week of spring, so let's go straight into summertime. <laughs> yeah, last week we were at the... Uh, wonderful Keels and Wheels event down uh, along the bay here in the Houston area and uh, at Lakewood Yacht Club, and it rained the entire show. Mm-hmm. And when the show finished at noon, the rain stopped, the sun came yeah, out, yeah, it did. and all the people came out for the show. And then yeah. I understand that Sunday was jam-packed. Yeah, I heard Sunday too. was packed yeah. to the gills. Yeah. It rained. I was wrinkly when I left, and my wallet was wet. Well, we had to bring all the equipment back here to the studio. Yeah. I had to turn the air conditioner on to dry out all of the equipment that got wet uh, during the show. But it was a great show. And, Conrad, if, you, and if you pay attention to our podcasts, um, check out uh, all of the uh, podcasts for keels and wheels it was a great show we had a wonderful collection of guests and had a lot of comments on uh, social media about how good the show was yeah well thanks uh, to mr mars and bob fuller and the gang down there at keels and wheels yeah everybody did a good job okay so we're going to start off the day kind of like uh the liberals and the conservatives well, this is just going to be an electrifying interview. It, it truly is. Are we going to so, have any jocularity in this segment? Oh, jocularity, the word of the day, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. So let us go right now to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Here he is, EV Angelist, Buzz Smith. Mr. Smith, good morning to you, and thanks for joining us. Good morning, Don. How are you guys today? Well, we're doing good. How are you? Life is beautiful. Well, that's good. And how is uh, life in the EV world? Oh, it's great. In fact, uh, I'm coming down to Houston for the Houston Auto Show, so I'll be seeing you guys before long. Woo! Yes, you will. And he's got a jacket, Don, you're going to love. He's he's got a red sequin jacket. A red sequin jacket. Well, I got the red pumps to go along with it. Is your jacket electrified, Buzz? Oh, no. No, just me. Okay. That's it. Well, uh, you know, it's no surprise that uh, as we go through the weeks and the months, uh, electrification becomes more and more uh, uh, to the forefront of the car industry. And I have to tell you that um, it's not all been the best uh, because uh, there clearly are some major issues with supply and demand right now, mainly because of the chip issue. And, uh, you know, 
All of these manufacturers are shutting down plants. Um, it's delaying uh, the debut of all the electric vehicles that they've been spending billions of dollars developing. So what's your take on all of this? Well, I'm, I'm really excited about what's about to happen. Uh, I am just as frustrated about some of the delays with the chips and all, but the big tipping point I've been saying for years is pickup trucks and 2021 will be the year of the truck in the electric world. Well, I think you heard our, our tease that we're going to have a review coming up of uh, the Ford F-150 Hybrid, which is uh, one step closer to full electric. And we all know that that's just around the corner. They're working on that as we speak. And so, um, you know, the step in the right direction for the trucks, hybrids. I mean, we've been doing the hybrid cars for quite some time now. And uh, now it's time to move on to the trucks. And I have to tell you that I'm really kind of excited about the, the hybrid aspect of the truck. I don't know about capability and longevity of batteries when it comes to trucks. Because how do you, how do you compete with the torque monsters that they're actually putting out and making available from the factory along with longevity? Uh, because you can go 300, 400 miles on a tank of gas. Okay, well, how do you do that with an EV when you're pulling great big loads and that sort of stuff? I mean, I, I know that there's going to be a learning curve, and they're going to have to roll this stuff out uh, gradually. What's your take on that? Well, it, hybrid pickups have been out for a while. Um, they're underwhelming to me unless they're plug-in hybrids, which will stay 100% electric until they run out of electricity. If it's a traditional hybrid, you know, when Chevy did it, they went from a 19 mile per gallon truck to a 21 mile per gallon truck. So to me, it was a lot of uh, additional complexity with, with not much payoff. The really big deal is when they're gonna go 100% electric, unbelievable amount of torques. I mean, uh, you've seen the Ford F-150 uh, prototype pull 1 million pounds of railroad cars and then they loaded the railroad cars up with 28 more F-150s and then pulled that. So the torque is going to be there. The horsepower is going to be there. The acceleration is going to be beyond what anybody's ever seen in a pickup truck. Zero to 60 on the Hummer, for instance, going to be three seconds. Um, now, you did say, you know, when you're when you're towing, you're you, absolutely just like with a gas truck. You're going to have a hit on your range. And what will be important there, and I'm, I'm positive all the trucks will support this, is DC fast charging. And if you get, say, 150 kilowatt DC fast charging, then you're going to plug in for 30 minutes and get 150 more miles of range. So it's not going to be a limitation. And, and quite honestly, most pickup drivers, if they're really honest with themselves, they're not towing every day. You know, they're towing maybe once a week to go to the lake or maybe once a year to go on vacation. Yeah, and, you know, they, uh, Mercedes has announced their EQS full electric, and they're talking about the fast charge is going to put 186 miles worth of range in it in 15 minutes. So as the industry demand is demanded to perform better by the pieing public, they're starting to release those technologies to do that. And then now with all this infrastructure expenditure coming out hopefully there'll be fast chargers frequently enough where you can stop go in have lunch get a bite to eat and come out and have another 250 miles powered into your ev as you're traveling yeah and that in that drive i did uh, last year we went 
what was it, 637 miles uh, from Dallas to Austin to Houston and back. And there were plenty of chargers. There were chargers that we drove right past, you know, and didn't stop for. And the times that we did stop, we timed it so that it would be during meal time, so that we would stop, have a meal while we let the car charge, go back to the car and hit the road again. And that was just a, a Bolt EV with 50 kilowatts of uh, charging capability. There are going to be cars coming out that are going to have 150, 300 kilowatt charging uh, capability, which will be very, very fast. But again, you know, 90%, 99% of the time, you're going to plug in at home. And if you're driving 40 to 50 miles a day, I would encourage people to try a 110 charger. You know, don't, don't go out and spend money on a level two charger if your daily commute is 40 miles a day or less. You're spending money that, you know, it's going to happen while you sleep anyway. Why worry about how fast it does it? So, Buzz, let me, let, speaking of that, so that's one of the things, um, like on your trip, it's kind of a different mindset because I was talking to my wife about it. Uh, she likes her car. Well, now they have a hybrid version of that, and they're going to come out with the EV version of the same vehicle. And, and I mentioned to her the way that she drives, it'd be great. I mean, she doesn't go more than 20 miles a day, and it's all within 10 miles of the house. Actually, it's with probably about three by the time she goes to see school, kids, grandkids, all that good stuff. And, and so to me, it would fit that driving pattern. But then occasionally, she wants to go down to the beach. Well, I'm 75, 100 miles down there, and then it's got to charge to get back the way it is right now. So uh, her, her answer was no. Well, but you can go, you know, a lot of these charges now are going 240. They're pushing 300 miles on a charge. Well, if you can get something like that, but in, in the, the little bit bigger SUVs, they haven't quite got that far, not in the brand that she wants anyway. Well, it would depend on the brand. I mean, most of the EVs coming out these days have a minimum of 200 miles right. of range. Right. So going to the beach and back is going to be no big deal. Once you get home, you know, you uh, if you're driving that far on a fairly regular basis, I would say get a level two charger. They're not very expensive. Uh, and they'll charge the car about 25 miles of range for each hour they're plugged in at your house. So you just... You know, bring it home, plug it in. Ten hours later, you got 250 miles of range. See, are, something like that would work, yeah. Are the manufacturers still giving incentives for putting in a home charger once you buy that particular manufactured vehicle? I'm sorry to say that again. I can barely hear you. A, a, manu <laughs> a manufactured vehicle, are they still giving any type of incentives or rewards to the purchaser to uh, install a charger at their house? Yeah, in fact, the uh, in the Chevrolet world, the Bolt EV, the new one, the 2022 that's coming out when it's been redesigned, and the Bolt EUV will both have the, uh, you can get a level two charger installed at your house just as part of the deal. And oh, okay. uh, the government incentives are still there. 30% of the cost of uh, installing the charger, and that includes adding the electric circuit if you need to do that, uh, up to $1,000 is available as an income tax credit. Beyond that, are there like tax savings and when you do your income tax and things like that, are there savings that way as well in the future? Well, the, the income tax credit for the chargers there, the income tax credit is there for the vehicles the right purchase, now. purchase, right? The, uh, in the initial Currently purchase, okay. in the, uh, I think it's the infrastructure bill, they're actually proposing instead of income tax credits to make these point of sale rebates, or not rebates, but point of sale discounts which I think will benefit a whole lot more people because um, 
lower income people that don't have a big income tax burden haven't been able to get into EVs, even though EVs have become very affordable. They can't benefit from the tax credit, and so because they don't be, pay uh, enough tax to credit right. to them. Yeah. So, how do you think this is going to work? While we're talking about taxes, where right now the gasoline tax is what's used to fund road building, or so they say. I think that's all horse, <laughs> horse hockey. Well, that's that's, so, that's ha- a political sta- the correct statement, anyway. So, how do you think they're going to collect uh, highway revenue? from the EV community. I know there's conversation about a mileage tax. How do you think that's going to work out, Buzz? Um, well, actually, there are at least three bills I'm aware of in the Texas legislature right now. One of them, fortunately, just got killed. But, uh, you know, EV drivers want safe roads and bridges just like everybody else. We oh, yeah, want to yeah, pay yeah. our fair share, but we don't want to get gouged. So um, the problem is there, and, you know, you're talking liberals and conservatives earlier, in the conservative side of things, uh, they do not want the government to know how many miles a year they're driving. Even though when you register your vehicle every year, you know that gets noted. So I don't know who they think they're uh, they're fooling. But the bills in front of the the Texas House and Senate right now are going to apply a flat fee to EV drivers added on to their registration charge, and so. Um, Etc. The Texas Electric Transportation Resources Alliance, of which I'm a board member, we've proposed uh, $100 a year for full EVs and zero for hybrids because hybrids still do buy gasoline. There are competing bills that are uh, having a uh, $200 annual fee for EVs and $100 for hybrids. And the highest one I've seen so far is $250 a year for EVs. So um, we are going to be contributing our fair share. Um, in the math that we've done at Texetra, we've seen that uh, pickup trucks generate about $89 a year in gasoline taxes that take care of road repairs. And so we don't really want to go above $100. But, you know, politics, we'll, we'll see where it ends yeah, up. They'll, sure. They'll take all they can and then turn you upside down and shake all the money out of your pockets. Anyhow. <laughs> Again. Yeah, and the average, I think, for the AAA is about 15,000 miles a year an average vehicle is driven. And that that varies depending on on location. Well, average. It's an average. So, Buzz, I wanted to kind of shift gears here and and, uh, bring up the fact that, you know, I keep reading where uh, the development of battery technology and capability continues to evolve. And I I don't think that the general public even knows just yet. Of the extent of that, especially when it comes to commercial vehicles. And I think that most of our development uh, is really hinging on that aspect of it because that's going to – it's kind of like the IndyCar with, uh, with rear-view mirrors. Right. Uh, you know, they invent it, they bring it to in Indy Racing, and then it winds up on all of our cars. And what would we do without them now? And I think that it, it's kind of like that when it comes to commercial vehicles. I mean – Amazon going to be building their own vehicles, all electric. Yep. Uh, all of these fleets that are coming out, including 18-wheelers. Uh, I can't even imagine an 18-wheeler with enough capability to haul a million pounds behind them and go any distance, any length of time. Well, I think they're already testing those, aren't they? <laughs> yes, both? they are. On the road, as a matter of fact. Yeah, right up here in Denton, Texas, uh, at the Peterbilt factory, they have uh, electric semis that they've been testing. I believe they even have one that does fully autonomous uh, short-range there's a, Yeah, there's, there's the autonomous aspect of it as well, yeah. 
And there's a there's a video out there of the Tesla semi pulling out of a parking lot with a trailer behind it. And the acceleration is just unbelievable. Hmm. But I think what you're going to see is long distance, uh, say, semis are going to have a uh, probably hydrogen fuel cell. So it'll be a combination of battery pack and hydrogen fuel cell drive so that they can quickly refuel with hydrogen when they need to. But uh, already we're seeing the development of uh what they call yard uh, mules or yard goats at uh, at places where they're just trying, like the ship channel, where they're just moving trailers around. Uh, they're already able to start doing that. And these trucks are running 24 hours a day with the only time they stop to charge is uh, shift change or when the driver is uh, having lunch. And so that, you know, in an industrial setting, we're seeing battery technology that can charge incredibly quickly and uh, and just run and run and run all day long. And I was just in a meeting yesterday. They were showing, uh, I think it was $21,000 a year savings over the uh, uh, fuel and maintenance of a diesel truck that does the exact same thing. Well, you know, and that that's really no secret as far as warehousing and that sort of thing. Uh, they've been using electric vehicles for quite some time, forklifts, uh, uh, pickers, that sort of thing. Golf carts. All of that. And so the infrastructure within these big companies like Amazon's warehouses and that sort of stuff, the infrastructure is already there for them. But now they're moving it to the roadway. And uh, there happens to be, on my way to work, a very large distribution center for Amazon. And they have... Uh, I'm just guessing at least 500 vans that uh, come out of that place oh, beginning like at about 7 o'clock in the morning and go all the day. bumblebees. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Exactly. And, and there's several of them around Houston. And uh, all I can think of is, is that all of those electrics hitting the road, uh, they're going to have to have the infrastructure to be able to make deliveries all day long. And so uh, does Amazon, are they going to wind up putting in their own charging stations? Or yeah, are they they're going to have a big diesel generator there. <laughs> or are they go- <laughs> creating power to charge all their trucks? Or are they going to uh, actually share those charging stations with the public? Because that would be a great incentive to go and actually buy an EV because, in, as you and I have had this discussion before, the infrastructure just isn't there that makes it convenient for everybody to have an EV that travels over two, 300 miles a day? Well, I think in the case of Amazon, you will see at the various warehouse facilities incredibly fast charging. I think in a, if they get into a pinch, they may have to share public charging, but uh, delivery vehicles that are stop and go all the time actually get incredible mileage on a charge because they're constantly using the regenerative brakes to come to a stop. They're not accelerating hard. And you'll find that where, say, a consumer vehicle might get four miles of range um, per kilowatt hour, I think in delivery vehicles, you'll see it to be much higher. In fact, the U.S. Postal Service has committed to only 10% of the new fleet of mail delivery vehicles to be electric. And I think that's a huge mistake. You know, if you watch these guys go from mailbox to mailbox to mailbox down the street. It's just the absolute perfect use for an electric vehicle drivetrain. So what are you excited about today that's going to carry us uh, forward to the next time that we talk to you, maybe in a month or so? 
Well, a couple of things. Like I said earlier, pickup trucks, you know, um, this year, Lordstown is supposed to come out with their truck. And I saw it when it was up here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. It basically looks like a crew cab Chevy Silverado with a different front grille. And uh, that that truck is going to be $52,000, uh, 250 miles of range. You know, that's just a phenomenal deal. Um, for the working person, it's going to have a 110 outlet inside the front up front. It's going to have one in the bed as well, up to 20 amps. So you can get out to a construction site, run your power tools off of the truck's battery pack. Um, by the end of this year, we should start seeing the uh, the Tesla Cybertrucks trickling out of the Austin factory. Uh, I think that's going to be an incredible truck. Bollinger should be out next year with their uh, B1 truck and I think the B2 as well. Rivian's coming out next year with their R1T and about six months later, the R1S full-sized SUV. These are going to be game changers, guys. Um, you know, 60% of all vehicles sold at the dealership I worked at were pickup trucks and SUVs. And as soon as the electric uh, market gets into that area and people experience this, you know, um, Mike was talking about his wife's reluctance. Mike, the only way you're gonna convince her, it's just butts in seats, get her to test drive the car and, you know, have her hold that steering wheel with both hands and suddenly push, punch that accelerator to the floor and she will be pushing you to get her an EV right away. She'll be pushing me out of it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's true. You know, a lot of husbands, this is so sexist, but a lot of husbands will buy an EV for the little lady, you know, and, and <laughs> give it to her and say, here's your new electric vehicle. And then within six months, they're, even they're either taking over that car or they're going and getting themselves an EV. Once people experience what it's like, how nice it is just to recharge at home instead of going to a gas station, um, and especially the silence of the ride, the acceleration, uh, they're going to switch to electric. It's just a no-brainer. Buzz, it's great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Let's uh, stay in touch, and hopefully we'll talk to you again next month with an exciting update. I well, hope to see you at the Houston Auto Show, guys. You got I will it. have my red sequin jacket on. Stop right, by and say hi. We'll be looking for you. Thank you very much. Uh, Buzz Smith, the uh, EV Angelist, and uh, it's always good to talk to him. We, we always get into these bizarre little conversations when it comes to EVs. <laughs> I'm sure it'll all change well, soon. He tends to be the answer man as well because that's kind of the world he lives in. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I, I want to tell you a couple of things that are coming up. Uh, we're going to be live at the Houston Auto Show on Friday, May the 21st, for a special online broadcast, noon to 3, mm -hmm. Houston Auto Show. Uh, and we're going to talk to Rochelle Salinas a little bit later on. Uh, also, the next day, next day, on Saturday, May the 22nd, we'll be live on that Saturday for an extended 8 to noon show live from the Mopar Express Lane NHRA Spring Nationals out at Houston Raceway Park. And let's not forget on May the 29th racing is back. Circle Track Racing out at Houston Motorsports Park. And we're also going to talk to Gina Shile Knowles a little bit later on. Time now for uh, this hour's car review. Mr. Mars has a look at the 2021 Ford F-150 Hybrid. Go Mike. Yes sir. Yes sir. What we're talking about like Buzz was talking about. This is the kind of vehicle that that's really going to change the way things are done. And Ford's rolling out here with it first. Of course, they're using their 
their F-150, which is the best-selling vehicle for the last 43 years. You know, we've talked about three different cab sizes, three different bed links, six drivetrains, six different trim levels. So there's a little bit of something here for everyone. And so if you're looking for that EV, then there's where we're going with the new grill up front, a new hood design that really makes a big difference in the way it looks from the inside looking out, LED lighting all the way around. Got power side mirrors, got a power uh, power drop tailgate, power deployable running boards on the one that we had. Because we were driving the the King Ranch Super Crew version of it. And uh, so it's got all the the great trims with the uh, exterior pieces, lots of nice chrome on it. And we had the twin panel moonroof. We had roll-ons with 20-inch wheels. And then when we got to the inside of it, we had the Kingsville leather interior. Now, this is all the King Ranch stuff with That's a big nice. running W on it. Very it's nice. got the very western cowboyish-type look, you know, very Texas. First and second row seats were heated, 60-40 fold-up rear folding rear seat. Um, we had the landscape optional that you can see in this picture right here, 12-inch screen. It goes vertical. That's and, huge. I mean, horizontal it instead of vertical. Nice. And it came with a 360-degree gree camera that's a real nice feature around on this vehicle particularly if you got loaded up uh one thing we wanted to talk about real quick up under the hood the 3.5 power boost v6 is a twin turbo engine 430 horsepower 570 pound feet of torque and it's backed by a 10 speed that they've specifically configured for the hybrid vehicle and this hybrid engine and powertrain. For example, they've got a, a belt drive water pump where a lot of people have gone to electric, but it's also a belt drive starter for huh. the fuel engine Interesting. as part of it to take the some of the load off of it. Uh, it does have a 700-mile range with a 32-gallon gas tank as a hybrid. Dang. EPA says 24 on the city, 24 on the highway, combined 24. I got 22 out of it. I mean, pushing it around a little bit. One thing I, I noticed, though, you in, in driving it, it's very quiet. It's got a lot of smooth power, but it doesn't take much to get it off of the EV mode into the fuel mode. Uh, well, not the way you drive. Well, on lead I, I tried. I tried. <laughs> Mars, do, do you ever do anything other than put your foot on the floor with the accelerator Well, that way, pedal? It, I always know where it's at. It's uh, always yeah. consistent. you, you got to have consistency yeah, well, for know, these tests. I, you know, when I do these tests, at least I try at, at some point in my week's worth of the car that I, I, I get a chance to, let's see how far I can go today, how much mileage I can get in my commute to the airport, well, which I is 30 miles. I do that, well, but all you do is Two minutes is plenty for say, me. He, two minutes and he's across Niederville. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but one thing I did want to talk about is is the, like Buzz was talking about the generator, the system in it. It's got a 7.2 kilowatt system in it. And so the the tailgate, the liner on it, has got a ruler on it. It's got a lot of places to put we some saw of that. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. You've done and everything out of order from your pictures there, but that's <laughs> well, okay. Okay. <laughs> So, but anyway, so you can literally go out to a job site, and, and this thing will run a chop saw, it'll run a TIG welder, and they say it'll run up to three hours using these power tools on a job site. And so you don't have to necessarily carry a generator with you because you've got this. And so it's very much oriented to that working guy. Uh, a base hybrid F-150 is going to start at $60,000. So there's a little bump up there to get into the hybrid. However, the MSRP is tested because we had the King Ranch and we had some other options that made it really nice, really great driving. Ooh, I like that vehicle. It is but nice. unfortunately, it is $76,175 as tested. So can you get the high wattage hybrid in the XLT white truck, the work truck? I saw it in a Lariat. 
I don't know. I did not look to see specifically if you could do that, but I would think Which so. Which is the base base. Well, that's, no, that's, that's because the, the battery truck. is underneath the rear seat, so you got to, uh, you're going to have to get to a crew cab. Okay. So, anyway. Done now? Yes, sir. All right. Thank you very much. The Inwheel Time Car Show streams on Facebook, YouTube, InWheelTime.com, and Twitch. Podcasts are available on your favorite podcast source. The Inwheel Time Car Show continues right after this quick break. Let me tell you about a locally owned and operated group of dealerships called Bayway. Bayway owner Daryl Wisniewski is born and raised right here, and he knows Houstonians better than anyone. Bayway Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, Bayway Lincoln and Bayway Chevrolet are managed by Lincoln Stahl. And when you get to know these guys, you'll want to become part of the Bayway family too. Feel good that you're part of Houstonian-owned Bayway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram.com, Bayway Chevrolet.com, and Bayway Lincoln.com. Remember the name, Bayway. Tailpipes and Tacos is Houston's premier cruise-in, and you're invited to join in. Whether you're a cruiser or spectator, Tailpipes and Tacos is the place to enjoy made-to-order breakfast tacos, fresh coffee, and mingle with Houston's fun car people. Mark your calendar for Saturday, May 15th for Tailpipes and Tacos at the Luby Tortilla Mexican Restaurant in Katy, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Tailpipes and Tacos is free, and everyone's invited. You'll see collector cars, hot rods, customs, magnificent originals, and resto mods all at one location. Cars from all over Southeast Texas cruise in and show off in a friends and family event at the Lippy Tortilla Mexican Restaurant on the Grand Parkway at Kingsland Boulevard, just south of I-10 in Katy. Drag racer, car enthusiast, and Lippy founder Stan Holt brings you Houston's hottest cruise in, tailpipes and tacos, Saturday, May 15th, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. at Lupi's in Katy. The in-wheel time car show will be there, too. Get your ride ready, and we'll see you at the tailpipes and tacos Saturday morning cruise in, May 15th, 8 to 11 a.m. at Lupi's in Katy, weather permitting. NHRA Camping World Drag Racing. It's an 11,000 horsepower Nitro Rodeo coming to Houston Raceway Park in Baytown. Catch all the Nitro and Pro Stock action at the Mopar Express Lane NHRA Spring Nationals presented by Pennzoil May 21st to 23rd. Matt Hagen, Leah Pruitt, Erica Enders, three-time world champ Steve Thorns, and 16-time himself John Force. Kids 12 and under are free in general admission. Get tickets at HoustonRaceway.com. Houston's got horsepower. Don't miss the first-ever Houston Summer Auto Show, May 19th through the 23rd at NRG Center. A limited-edition collection of your favorite brands and models, including the new Ford Bronco and Jeep Grand Wagoneer. Tickets online only at HoustonAutoShow.com. That's it for this podcast episode of the In Wheel Time Car Show. I'm Don Armstrong, inviting you to join us for our live show every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and our InWheelTime.com website. Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart Podcast, Podcast Addict, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Keep listening, and we'll see you soon.